Hello and welcome to this week's The Two Pinter with me, Jono. And me, Gaz. We're two mates who love discussing all things sport. Uh, and yeah, we're coming back to you for another week of fun sport. And it was the end of the Premiership this week, Gareth, wasn't it? Um, after uh, a long old 38 uh, week season, um, two teams left battling it out. And uh, well, I imagine it's probably a week of contrast in the emotions to live for. We won't talk about you just yet because uh, it's not your moment to shine. Uh, Man City. Second title in a row, retaining it. Um, yeah, are they the greatest Premiership team ever now, Gareth, with that? Um, well, I think we had this debate last year, me and you, that um, I thought their performance last year in the Premier League was uh, was better than anything we'd seen previously in the uh, in the Premier League. Um, and that, they finished on 100 points last year and they finished on 98 points this year. So, uh, difficult to think that there is, um, there is a better team, really. Um, yeah, Pep's not a bad manager at all, is he? Ah, uh, he's not a bad Premiership manager. He obviously doesn't like winning anything in Europe. Uh, still, Oof, still that's a claim. Ah, <laughs> uh, not since what was it, 2009. Uh, mm. Yeah, certainly doesn't like going there anywhere with City. Um, but yeah, he's got him rolling in the Premiership, and uh, yeah, 198 points in two seasons isn't bad at all. Uh, I suppose last season you might contend that there wasn't uh, as much competition around. Um, this year there definitely was they had a, a challenger who pushed them all the way and yeah uh, for a moment on uh, Sunday it looked like it was going wrong didn't it as Glenn Murray put Brighton ahead well yes it did it was uh, it was a glorious two minutes uh, I was watching it with uh, with our well our mutual friend Benny who uh, up in Liverpool we'd um, gone up and watched it in a pub outside the ground and um, yeah when that <laughs> when that header went in the uh, the pub just erupted. Liverpool had already taken the lead, and oh, it was just it was just brilliant. <laughs> and uh, yeah, two minutes later, we came crashing back down to earth. Yeah, one Sergio Aguero, who uh, has scored a few big goals for City uh, before, uh, popped up with another one. And uh, yeah, nice finish it was too. And then from there, City scored another uh, three. Uh, for those wondering, we do have some uh, third member of the podcast tonight, Young Goyle Pulley. Uh, who's uh, who's on fine form in the background? Not wanting to sleep, I hear Gareth. Yeah, the uh, the baby's decided tonight that he um, he wants to hear the podcast. So uh, so yeah, he's up up and awake. So if you can hear uh, little baby noises, hopefully he doesn't get too loud. Otherwise, we'll <laughs> have to pause and and kick start again. But uh, but yeah, that's the uh, he's the third member of our podcast tonight. And it's rumours he, you know, he's born pretty so close to that close to a city title when he's going to be a city fan when he grows up. Would that would that be right? Oh, by then, City would have um, probably dismantled by the time he's uh, got three or four. Have, the Sheikh would have moved on and Pep would have moved on. and um, Yeah, I'm sure the fans would have moved on as well. Are you uh, talking about Pep moving on? Did you see the uh, pretty much breaking news? I think it's only come out in the last few hours that uh, there's potentially a recommendation out there for City to be banned from the Champions League next season. Yeah, I think they did that. Um, I think I like it. You said in a few hours. I thought it was yesterday, but they, they, it's so the UEFA were, were um, investigating them. Yeah, apparently there's been a newspaper report that they're going to recommend, uh, yeah, banning them from the Champions League for a year. Mm-hmm. Uh, how how true that is? Is this not confirmed by UEFA by any means? So, um, yeah, uh, but it would be interesting. But yeah, I mean that probably is where where Pep wants to go. He will. So yeah, um, three seasons now not. Managed to get them any further in the Champions League than they got previously, really. Um, if it's not worse, can Pellegrini get to a semi final once? 
Um, well, we might have. Who are they getting knocked out against? So I'm just trying to work out now. Um, I'll have a look at that. But yeah, it'd be Pep not getting beyond a, a quarter so far. Uh, Ironically, he's been knocked out by um, the British clubs that he dominates in the league. Yeah, uh, I suppose obviously was uh, that was a great game. We spoke about that previously, but um, yeah, the the title win. Um, I mean, they've, they've conceded four goals since Christmas, Man City now, which is um, quite astounding, really. Mm. Um, yeah, it's, but, yeah, it's, it, I think we we've met, said it a few times on on the podcast, but um, they've won. Had they, had they, I said as a Liverpool fan, had we finished at ninety-seven points and City went and finished on ninety-eight. Um, then what you know what <laughs> what can you do? You can't begrudge on that, can you? That's um, it's very impressive, and unfortunately, uh, as a Liverpool fan, that's um, yeah, it's not uh, it's very difficult to live with a City team at this this stage of the season, or the, well, any the last two years where they've put in winning performances every week um, and barely dropping points. Yeah, it was um, yeah, it was some some race really, and. Uh, yeah, um, well played to Man City for for an amazing win really, uh, and yeah, we're amazing season. Um, yeah, they obviously want more in the in the Premier, uh, sorry, in the Champions League moving forward, and that seems to you know kind of be what they want. They want is that four? That's four Premier Leagues now, isn't it? Mm. Um, which is some run of success for City um, <laughs> compared to previous histories. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm sure they'll fans will be loving life, and it probably was. Uh, a really good fun celebration. Uh, I suppose perhaps probably wouldn't quite have a rival, uh, rival the Aguero one, but uh, yeah, the it was still was a uh, yeah very tight uh, tight race up until yeah City pulled away. We were a couple of lovely goals from Mares and uh, Gundogan. Mm. Um, but you haven't you haven't really yeah. sort of answered the point then. So you think? Um, I think this is the, the greatest side we've seen in the Premier League. Do, do you think it is? Um, it's, it's hard to disagree. It's it's difficult. I think you look back at those. Um, they're, they're quite different to what you, the classic Premiership sides. You look back of, of yesteryear. Obviously, Arsenal's Invincibles never won, never lost a game, which is is very impressive. Uh, I know Liverpool only lost one this lost once this season. Um, you never look back at those great United teams and you think they'd have been very hard to beat um, and just sort of were teams that just sort of seem full of, of great players and winners really and, and bloody minded players whereas the City aren't really a squad of that they've got a lot of uh, diminutive playmakers who are just excellent footballers excellent on the ball mm. um, and do that so um, and City, City have smashed just, every record of going as they in the last two years haven't they yeah, no, I was going to say, I think if you terms you look at um, individual seasons, it's hard to it's hard to argue these two are probably the best two that two teams put through back to back. Um, I wonder if it's a slightly different conversation on if you would you which team would you pick to win any one game, one off game. Um, mm. I think there are perhaps a few of United finishes and yeah, maybe Arsenal Invincibles would would be competitive in those games and, and some games they would be but um, yeah it's been a very per- impressive pair of se- se- in seasons and so uh, I guess you say their best two um, United won three in a row didn't they which is uh, is quite dynastic if you like uh, will City do that next season probably um, 
<laughs> uh, sorry, maybe, maybe you want a little longer to compare to like the Fergie range. But then Fergie, it's how you depends where you define Fergie. He's regenerated sides about four times, isn't he? Mm. Um, whereas, yeah, Pep's uh, two two titles in three seasons isn't bad going at all. And the, and you uh, know you the, these are teams that it's not Pep's just playing against rubbish teams. You know these are teams that are, well, look, we've got Champions League final twice in, um, in two years now, and uh, obviously Spurs are there this year. Um, even United went. Into the quarters, didn't they? And, um, yeah, Arsenal, Chelsea in the final. Uh, so you know some of the, the best teams around in Europe um, are in the Premier League at the moment. So there may be a, there may be talk of a big um, difference between some of the teams in the top end of the Premier League and the, the bottom end. Although um, it can't be financial because I think Huddersfield got ninety three million for going down this season. Um, but yeah, there's there's, a, there's certainly quality teams in the Premier League that that's. Uh, better than some of Europe's elite. Yeah, so with with uh, City and your boys being so far away, it's kind of been a weird season for the the rest of the top six. Um, and yeah, as you say, yeah, they've done very impressively in 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 Europe. Uh, and you'd you'd probably say they all fell away. Uh, maybe Chelsea aside, but all fell away uh, very poorly towards the season's end. Um, and we're a long way out of it. And I think I saw you know United finish as close to the relegation zone. Or close to the relegation down there as they did to City. Um, well, well <laughs> you could argue losing 2 0 to Cardiff on the last day of the season, you can see why. Yeah, but no, not, not great in United, and we, we covered them in depth last week if you want to catch up with that. But uh, but yeah, still. Well, uh, good, good plug, Andrew, there, good plug. There you go. Uh, but still, uh, they still, at the very least, had you to beat, which is, um, you know, quite something they would have. Your York total would have won the Premiership on 25 out of 27 occasions. Uh, only last season, this season with 97, not got the job done for you. Um, so it's some some effort really from City. We'll see if they carry it on, um, and then you, you, you could perhaps debate against maybe the great United sides, uh, possibly even one of the Arsenal ones that maybe the 01, 0, sort of 0, 0, 0, 0, vintage. Um, but yeah, it's a, a two-season spell. It's it's quite something. Mm. Um, but yeah, well, uh, we talked uh, with Premiership and we'll play City. Um, but we've uh, had a question in this week, which we'll perhaps use to uh, open up the discussion on the on the Champions League. Came from our uh, Emma the Busty barmaid, Gareth, um, who asked which comebacks was better, Liverpool or Spurs last week. For anyone who somehow missed it last week, um, Liverpool were three 0 down going into their uh, second leg against Barcelona at home in Anfield, and they promptly won four 0 uh, whereas Spurs were three 0 down aggregate uh, with about thirty five minutes to go, with half an mm. and uh, managed to come back and score the three goals they needed, including one, pretty much the last kick of the game uh, to go through to uh, set up a mouthwatering in all British Champions League final, uh, Liverpool v Spurs. Uh, but yes, yeah, so Gareth, which which comeback was better? Uh, well, undoubtedly, you know they're both both very good comebacks. Undoubtedly, it was the uh, Liverpool comeback, uh, surprisingly that. I want to see that coming from you. Sure. <laughs> um, I mean, we were talking about last week that you know I think there was quite a few chuckles in, in fact coming from you uh, following the three 0 defeat the first leg, and um, you know I think there was not a chance was used uh, on more than one occasion. Um, I, I I didn't think we would either, and uh, they had the vain hope that we might score a few, and but we thought we'd undoubtedly concede. Um, but yeah, what well, one of the best. Performances I've seen from um, local team, and all of them there was only on, on the telly. But the uh, one of the best performances I've seen from uh, Liverpool 
possibly ever, uh, particularly that second half. Um, considering there was no Salah, no Firmino, um, two of our most potent attacking weapons, and uh, yeah, to come back from against a team with, that includes Messi, best player in the world, in my opinion. Um, yeah, it was just just sensational. Then it was just it was the uh, unlikely heroes, if you like, of Divock Origi and um, other to a, to a man. I think uh, there was just there was good performance all all round. Um, so yeah, for me, coming back from three 0 down uh, against against Messi's side, uh, yeah, for me it's the Liverpool comeback. Yeah, I disagree. Uh, this has to be the Spurs one for me. Your one was good, um, as you as you detailed quite. Quite well, but you um, you did over a second leg um, in your own stadium. Uh, you did over the full ninety minutes, and um, yeah, you made a very difficult thing look routine. But Spurs's was just complete uh, otherworldly. Never going to happen. The position they're in, they're away. They're three uh, 0 down on aggregate, and they've got thirty five minutes to go. And uh, suddenly, Lucas Moore appears from nowhere, and just yeah, um, this is it. You know, this this Ajax team that had. Uh, that had looked up until that point uh, fairly fairly unbeatable for you. They knocked out Real Madrid. They knocked out Juventus, two of the big mm. three tournament favourites, and that they were freaking up against Spurs. And yeah, suddenly Spurs sprang into life, and it, yeah, it was just um, flabbergasting to watch how well they did. Um, and obviously, the, it's got the the sort of uh, the cherry on top. I think that your one doesn't, uh, and that's not to say it's not impressive that you uh, didn't <laughs> you dominated them enough to win it in in reasonable time, but. Yeah, the, last, the practically the last kick of the game, deep deep into injury time, um, is yeah, is just a moment really that was was astounding, and um, yeah, made that gave that Spurs that little edge I think for me over yours. Mm. Yeah, I, as a comeback, it was brilliant, and I was jumping around with the rest of the boys in the pub um, on the, when uh, Mora's third went in, and yeah, great drama, uh, but it, I, don't, I still don't think it compares with. Um, with Liverpool's comeback, uh, I, I actually got to take it into count the opposition. Uh, yeah, they've done well in two of the games, but even you were saying before the game that um, Spurs would probably go through against Ajax. Uh, you fair play to you called that. I didn't, I didn't think um, Spurs would. I thought they'd win Ajax win. Um, but yeah, they had 35 minutes and they did very well to, to just come out at Ajax and just throw the kitchen sink at them. Um, but that's that's all they had, wasn't it? It was just a it was a chance, it was a no-loot, well, not a no-loot situation, but it was just a um, go-for-it-or-bust kind of situation for, for Spurs. They just had to come out and go all gung-ho attack, uh, whereas Liverpool had 90 minutes for Barca to, to score, and if Barca had scored, then they would have needed uh, five goals. Um, yeah, so it was much more of a um, calculated, all-round, um, very, 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 well, very good performance, I would say, from Liverpool. <laughs> Whereas City uh, Spurs was just a yeah up and at them. Let's let's see if we get those three goals uh, and what a way to finish it. But but yeah, not as impressive as Liverpool's in my opinion. Uh, your performance was very impressive. Uh, but we, we lovely Emirates. Which comeback was better? And I think I think that's where Spurs defeat you. I, I can't disagree that you um you made a a three 0 deficit and like yes, I was uh, yeah I was one for two on predictions last week and got your one very wrong. Uh, yeah, I thought your your performance and you, you, yeah, you made a three 0 deficit look fairly routine. Really, you nicked the uh, the early goal that gave you some hope, and then um, yeah, one Adams struck quickly in the second half, and then you got the. Four. There, was, there was a lot of defending in that time as well, though, wasn't there? It wasn't just a, as I'm saying, it wasn't just a, just let's go at them and see how many goals we can score. Um, like when we played, um, when we were in Istanbul, that was just a, 
just had to go for it, didn't we? There was nothing else to do. It doesn't matter if we lost 5 0, 6 0, we'll try and make a game of it. And to some extent, that's exactly what Spurs did. Yeah, I mean, so if you're, you're telling me Spurs is better than Istanbul, I'm, I'm happy to listen to that too. Um, but I think I said to some extent, that's what Spurs <laughs> did. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, yeah, if you want to compare it to one of your great moments, that's fine. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, that is, but that, that's that's what makes the, the essence of a great comeback, really, isn't it? Yours was a very impressive, uh, yeah, almost efficient performance, really. I think that um, some of the drama was... I don't know, it was taken away by your dominance, really, and, and how easy it looked, and, and you've got to be given credit for that, because you made Barca look very average. I mean, they did have a, a few chances early on, um, but, yeah, they just looked um, they looked a bit lost, really, and most of their players didn't seem to be able to get a foot on the ball and move things along. Um, but, yeah. I, 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 yeah, I, I agree that the, the drama was, was more in the Spurs game in those last 35 minutes, um, but that's not necessarily the essence of a comeback, is it? Well, it is. <laughs> you, you were talking about well, that, that's more. That's a more unlikely comeback. I say they had less than half. Was it? They had less than half the time to do your one. They, they were playing a, a much weaker side, and I can say that it didn't matter if. Well, it didn't matter if I X scored, other than um, they don't have to that scored another, I suppose. But um, yeah, they do. They weren't playing Messi and uh, and the, one of the best teams in Europe. They weren't playing a side who's just stormed the Spanish league by however many points it weeks ago. Yeah, but they played the team that's, that's looked as good as anyone in Europe this year. Uh, they haven't got Barca's history, sure, but they, yeah, they, Ajax have been tremendous all year and have, yeah, have they, shown up. They had looked good. They had looked good, but they'd always looked um, that they were achieving above their ability. Yeah, and they'd also looked good on that night, which Barcelona never managed against you. Uh, Barcelona were dreadful from, well, pretty poor from start to finish. Really, they had a number of players who went up, but Ajax had gone out and and. Yeah, the game looked very good and, and been a better side against Spurs for the best part of an hour. Um, mm. And then Spurs came back from that. So, yeah, I think Spurs is, was was more unlikely from where it was, really, and that's what makes it such a good comeback. Uh, it was just, just from out of nowhere, whereas yours was kind of... So it was those, it was those three goals in the, in the last 35 minutes that made Spurs come back very impressive. Yeah, I think it was was complete um, like no hope comeback. Really, you just didn't didn't think it was possible. Whereas your one, you, you know, yeah, you you said you didn't think they'd win last week, but uh, yeah, still still had Liverpool fans everywhere. So there's a chance you got to come back to Anfield. You, you know, Anfield we always win at Anfield, famous European nights, and this was another one. Um, whereas uh, yeah, look, I don't think anyone gave Spurs a hope uh, three 0 down. I remember texting a friend saying, "Yeah, Spurs are done, aren't they?" Um, or texting mm. the group, and uh, yeah, it just was so unlikely. So. Yeah, such an amazing uh, set of circumstances really for that to all go ahead. Whereas, yeah, plenty of Liverpool fans were still saying, and so you were probably saying until it's only cheap, but it's, it's a chance we're back at Anfield, back at our place. Spurs were a long way mm. from home, and um, yeah, had an amazing, uh, amazing half or about over half hour. Yeah, and, and equally, we, we scored three goals in the last 35 minutes to, to complete the comeback. You did. Uh, you'd already had, uh, you already got one on, on the way though. And mm. oh, so we needed one more then. You did, uh, but you had, you had longer to achieve it, didn't you? A lot of you're talking ninety minutes to thirty-five there. And uh, yeah, um, so I think how yeah, I mean, you debate how well you played or, or how how much you caused Barca to be poor. But uh, yeah, I thought Barca were very very disappointing against you. Um, just the yeah lack of ability to to defend, to find space, to pick up men, to create their own chances but after a few couple in the first 20 minutes just just looked a bit shell-shocked and I didn't really want to be there really I just kind of it was good emotions and then for the fourth goal to 
to not even watch a man come into the box. I just thought it was clever from Trent Alexander-Arnold <laughs> um, to, to do a fake corner, but it was just criminal not to watch Origi go there. Mm. Yeah, oh, and equally, you know, how um, Ajax players didn't didn't foul more way before he got to the box. <laughs> uh, I think there was a lot of um, yeah. I think because they were young, a young team, perhaps they didn't take game out, time out of the game. Um, like uh, like Liverpool started to do when um, Fabinho and, and Milner both were were kind of uh, yeah taking the tackles from uh, from Messi at one point and, and taking time out of the game and, and and Ajax didn't have any of that and, and that's probably uh, probably partly what cost them but um, but yeah no like I say very impressive comebacks but yeah you've not, you've not convinced me I'm still going for uh, Liverpool I did expect to and uh, yeah nor, nor will I agree I'll, uh, I'll stick with Spurs and um, yeah hope they uh, will can preview in a few weeks but hope they um, can, can shock again and turn you over in the final yeah so as an Arsenal fan um, you want Spurs to, to win a European Cup before you ah, a plastic Arsenal fan Gareth and I'm still, uh, still rather <laughs> uh, for, uh, for Liverpool you're a Spurs fan now uh, no, not, not a Spurs fan no uh, but to see Liverpool to have a complete trophy this season after all year your hope uh, would be would be just glorious, and uh, for Klopp, Klopp to lose yet another final would also be be glorious. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's enough football for now. We uh, it's going to we're going into the doldrums of uh, well some some playoff finals uh, and West Brom. Villarreal's going on as, it, as we speak, isn't it? But um, yeah, mm-hmm. until until Champions League and Europa League finals, um, which we should chase another all British affair with Arsenal and Chelsea, and um, wasn't quite as dramatic as. Uh, as a night before, Gareth, it was actually uh, quite a very impressive performance from Arsenal away from home, which is something you don't often say. Uh, and Chelsea just about got the job done on penalties. Um, but yeah, it should be yeah. A, an entertaining uh, an entertaining final there. Uh, with, yeah, like you say, all four British clubs being there. Uh, anything you wanted to add on the Europa League semis? No, I did just, um, yeah, I thought Arsenal were very impressive. And I think, um, I'd say to you, Arsenal, to be fair, in, in Europe this season, they've they have been very impressive. Napoli, Valencia... Um, compare that with <laughs> their performances in the Premier League, um, and the, even their last game of the season when they were sort of Ramsey's send off, and there was there wasn't much of a there wasn't much of a party atmosphere around um, Arsenal. It's hard to kind of believe that they've they could still win the Europa League and, and go to the Champions League next season. Um, be a, it'd be a very good year for for Emery to be fair in his first season. Um, so yeah, I thought Arsenal were very impressive again in, in Valencia, uh, but Chelsea. Yeah, I would say it was a, it was a weird game. It was end to end, but without either side really having that many chances until they get to extra time. But, um, but yeah, no, again, fair play to Chelsea, uh, and it shows a, kind of what the standard of the uh, of the Premier League is at the moment. I won't go into full uh, full preview mode now, but early favourite in that for you? Uh, I think I fancy Arsenal. I think with the Bamiang and the Lacazette up front. Um, yeah, they've been my favourites. Yeah, well, a couple of uh, couple of lovely goals in there, particularly at Bangham's first and Arsenal's first, which was a, a peach of a goal. Um, mm. But we've talked about greatest premiership side ever, Gareth, and uh, over in the rugby this weekend, Saracens uh, won their third yeah. European uh, well, European Champions Cup Heineken Cup final in four years um, in the yeah the, the Malfoy matchup that was then v Leinster uh, after getting themselves into. And only said Neil Hole and, and looking in trouble and um, yeah, Marius Hoji being in the sim bin. They managed to uh, ride out that storm uh, and come back very mm. impressively really and uh, yeah, in the end win 20-10. to 10. Uh, Yeah, 20 unanswered points from them. 
So, uh, yeah, well, as a theme we're going this week, are, are they the greatest European rugby club side ever? Probably. <laughs> they're fairly, um, they're fairly formidable, aren't they? They're just, yeah, I think we've we predicted. I want to, not that it was a hard prediction, but we predicted. Um, and the semis, they were just going to waltz through. And um, unfortunately, I, I, I'd, I'd like to have seen Leicester win, but um, yeah, I couldn't. Uh, I couldn't see anything but a Saris win last uh, on, on the weekend. Um, and even when they went down, we were, we were chatting about it together, and uh, I still think. Uh, at that point, it was very dangerous to, to think anything but a, a Saris win. Um, yeah, they're, they're just so... I don't think they play the best rugby. Um, I don't think it's awful rugby. I think they, they have some flair, but I think it's more um, built on um, powerhouses and uh, great defence and um, a very physical game, uh, which, yeah, is is working wonders for them. Um, I suppose it could be issues made of um, whether they're breaking the... Uh, Play, uh, what's it called wage cap and whether that's a I suppose that's more of a domestic thing rather than a European thing but, um, but yeah they've clearly got the, a great um, academy they've got great players that they can bring in they've just bought um, daily um, for next season um, yeah they're, they're, <laughs> they're a very good side aren't they and can't see them getting any weaker no it's um, yeah injuries for me and there's a a core there that can stay together for a long while like you say there's there's a lot of power and um, they form all the most of the best bits of the, the English pack really when they're on fire um, you're you know Kratodji in the second row uh, you've got Mako who was a very surprising move taken off very early on um, by Saris but it worked um, him and him and uh, yeah, the tie had been taken off for the two replacement props um, yeah, Cox. South African fella came on. Yeah, Vincent Cox came on on the site. Um, and yeah, it seemed to help stabilise them. Uh, but yeah, they are. Yeah, they did um, come back very well. I believe Vinny Polo starting to look into his best form. Uh, two intercepts, which not something you say normally of a number eight of his size, but he read the plays well. Um, rumbled with the ball all day. Uh, Brad Barrett uh, rolling back the years, making pumping tackle after pumping tackle, and uh, making you wonder if he'd be a good option in the England team. But I'm sure. Uh, his days there are long behind him. Um, yeah, you say that their salary cap thing, um, they claim to be about all above board and they do um, they do have a lot of players with business interests apparently and links for the club, which sounds pretty tenuous, but uh, could could have potentially be above board. I can't know, they're a very well club set, very well run club set, so I can't imagine they've not got good legal advice in there. Yeah, and then you, yeah, you look uh, Farrell, um, probably got the better of sex than the weekend um, and, and had an impressive game didn't do anything too wild kicked most of his goals uh, and generally controlled the game pretty well and yeah you say it's not um, it's not Cavalier rugby but it's very effective they play in the right areas they put you yeah. under pressure their defence is is immense after a, yeah, an early Leinster period um, of pressure and, and getting over for a try um, yeah Sarri's managed to keep out of that the, the line speed's incredible there they're up and at you. Liam Williams did a did a very good tackle, didn't he? Stopped the probably a certain tries that uh, can't remember who it was. Some Leinster was on the pivot. He did. Um, yeah, if, you, if you're Leinster, I think you'd, you'd be annoyed that when you're up ten three at half time, your scrum half didn't manage to get the ball out for which you know for uh, which would have uh, led at half time at ten three and Sarri's new shoe and play managed to get back to ten all. That that must be frustrating, but um, overall, it's, yeah, it's a very difficult brand of rugby to live with. Um, that Sarri's power game that the England uh, try and nick and uh, do not usually as well. Um, 
And yeah, they're, they're looking very good. But I mean, Serries aren't. Uh, they're, they're actually following Leinster and doing this. Leinster did manage uh, three three finals in four years a few years back, uh, two thousand and nine, I think, to two thousand twelve. That's kind of range um, when they beat Le mm. Leicester, Ulster, and I think it was a French side. Um, so, so it has been done before. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I don't think Leinster in that time beat anyone quite as good as Leinster are now. Really, you know, this Leinster side is a very impressive unit. You've got a lot of Ireland's best players in there and they won last season's Champions Cup didn't yeah, they? Yeah, they're really champions aren't they? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah Viserys to come back yeah, off, off the canvas uh, and put 10 points on them was, was very impressive really and yeah you, you, you wonder if this is uh, if Viserys are just in the midst of a bit like City we were saying uh, I suppose Viserys have won the three titles so you can, you can call them a dynasty but yeah will they keep going with this really with Injuries permitting, there's there's enough young players there. They're bringing in, going to strengthen even more, as you say. Um, it's hard to be stopped really. And you just wonder whether they'll, how much this takes out of them, whether they have enough to, to be extra again in the Premiership. Assu yeah. Assuming, of course, Gareth, that the two of them get there because uh, we do have a race of fourth this weekend, don't we? Nice segue, Johnson. <laughs> um, and yes, a good segue. Well, I, was, I, was, I was pleased. I was pleased. Well, yeah, I'm not sure why you're doubting that they're both going to get there. Though. Yeah, probably unlikely, but uh, there is there is a race of fourth. Gloucester are entrenched in third and will uh, we'll play Saracens, but uh, the battle for fourth and the right to play Exeter is, uh, is between uh, Northampton and Harlequins. Uh, Northampton are on uh, 56 points to Harlequins, 55. Um, but Northampton could could have an early preview of what's to come for them uh, as they're going away to Exeter, which would, would be the same mm. game if they managed to win this, whereas uh, Quins are away at Wasps. Um, who do you think qualifies? I think probably um, Northampton. I think even though they're away at Exeter, I'm not sure that um, Bax will play uh, kind of the strongest team. That, that I suppose Exeter are on a bit of a. They've been qualified as one of the top two for the last sort of six weeks or something, haven't they? So um, yeah, not sure the intensity is uh, is quite there for them. Uh, and I think Northampton on the day they're a, they're a good side. I think I like bigger. And he's there, the man for the big occasions. I've said quite a few times, and um, yeah, I think I think Northampton have got a good chance. Yeah, um, I don't necessarily disagree. You wonder. It, it probably depends a bit on what side um, Exit put out, doesn't it? In, yeah, yeah. They have been mixing and matching out for a few weeks as they've been entrenched top two, and then they're entrenched as a as regular season champions, as it were. Um, but. Yeah, you still think they probably won't necessarily play everyone. Is, is the West really worth the reward for them? And mm. and so then you, you think Northampton are surely going to be up for it. And, and Sandy Park isn't an easy place to go, but was have gone down there in recent months and won, so it is possible. Um, and yeah, you just think Northampton are wanting a bit more and managed to uh, yeah win the uh, rim round one of the game that I think Exeter will probably win round two of. So yeah, I think I think I'll probably agree. Um, it's been a great season for Harlequins, and for a long while it looked. Like they're going to be top four, and it certainly seems like Gus Stard has got out of England. Uh, probably a wise move for him, um, and uh, he's, he's building quite a good club there. But I think this might come, uh, yeah, might not be too much, bit too much to overcome. Uh, yeah. yeah, if they can win at loss, you, you think they can win a win by a bonus point, and then some points too to overcome Northampton if they win. Uh, but it'll be interesting. Yeah, Northampton. It's hard to see them winning, but we're getting a five-point win. I would have thought Exeter, even with a week a week inside. So. Uh, yeah, whether they can do, yeah, whether Harkins can do enough to overturn that. Was that would that would be quite some performance, really? 
Mm. But yeah, wish we see on the weekend and uh, good luck to both clubs. Um, but yeah, you, yeah. it's uh, yeah battling for the right to play exit away is uh, is no. A bit of a, be careful what you wish for, really. <laughs> um, with that, um, and that's kind of rugby going there, Gareth. Uh, the what did we say for uh, cycling fans? Haven't really talked too much about it on this pod. Um, but the first of the Grand Tours has begun this year. The Giro mm. d'Italia. Uh, we're in the, in the early stages, sprint stages, which aren't always the most entertaining to watch. But uh, we'll start getting towards it. Yeah. For, for, Sorry, go. I just going to say for those who don't understand cycling or no cycling, that's, that includes me in general. To be fair, but um, basically, there's uh, lots of different teams, uh, and they have. Put, um, cyclists set up for uh, either sprinters um, who compete on more the, the flatter stages and or the, the flatter endings to stages, and uh, then or they also have tend to have um, general classification uh, riders who are the GC guys who end up at like the top um, top of the tree. So they're kind of more you like your frooms and your um, yeah Geraints and uh, yeah those kind of I suppose what, what Lance Armstrong would have been <laughs> back in the day. Um, it's measured, so yeah, it's measured by overall time, isn't it? So you you basically yeah. the person who finishes racing the least time. Uh, what that means in practice, though, is the people who win the the flat stage at the start they don't tend to be as as tough for everyone. So um, you know they don't tend to lose the big the big boys who may not finish may don't lose much time or if any time at all if they come through as one big pack together. But the the Mannings are a lot tougher um, and kind of sort the men from the boys in some ways really and kind of is where. The tours are usually decided, um, and so yeah, they um, yeah the, the races are brutal. You're talking three weeks of uh, cycling, hundreds of kilometres a day in quite often mm. quite warm heat as uh, the, the three main tours are in uh, Italy, France, and Spain. Uh, yeah, to eventually crown someone uh, a champion with only a couple of rest days in between. So really, really uh, a superhuman feat of endurance and effort. Um, mm. uh, but the Giro's began, Gareth. Any any sense on uh, who might be the winner overall? Quite a few big names missing, aren't there? This year there are. Yeah, I mean, so Roglic, um, he's a Slovakian uh, from Jumbo Visama. He's uh, he's he's favourite, or he was favourite at the start, uh, and he's done well in the first stage. Was a, a time trial. So time trials are they just go off on their own? Uh, I think it's about 30, 30 k something like that. Um, and uh, they, yeah, it's, it's basically <laughs> whatever the quickest time is starts on the. Starts with the pink jersey in the the Giro, so uh, Roglic uh, won the time trial, uh, and he started off in the pink jersey. And since then, he's he's kept hold of it, and today uh, managed to extend his lead. Uh, it was all um, it was all seemed quite a, a mundane stage really until six kilometres ago. There was a big crash, and that split the split the peloton. So that's the everyone when they're all grouped together, they're called the peloton. Um, so they split the peloton, and um, yeah, Roglic was at the front of the, or it was in the front half of the um, of the crash. So he got to uh, got to the stage before um, some of the other big names. So Simon Yates uh, cycling for Michelin Scots, but he's the British kind of hope, I suppose. Um, he got caught behind the the crash uh, and then ended up having to sort of race his heart out, if you like, for the sack, the, the last six k to get back on, and uh, he ended up. Uh, he's about 16 seconds down on on um, on uh, Roglic to mean that um, overall Roglic is ahead of Yates by 30, 35 seconds. He's 35 or so, yeah. Um, and then uh, Nibali, Italian, he's a uh, he's a couple of seconds back, 39. 
Uh, and then some of the other big names is Miguel Angel Lopez. Uh, he's 44 seconds back. And then Dumoulin was the big loss of the day. So Dumoulin was probably second favourite going into the Giro. And he uh, he did get caught behind the crash. And um, he's, uh, he seems to have struggled anyway. He, he didn't do as well as he meant to have done in the time trial. He's one of the best in the world in the time trial, isn't he? Yeah, he's, he's always been... Uh, yeah, it would have been a great time trial, hasn't he? One of the favourites in that. But yeah, it seems getting caught behind the uh, crash has, has probably ruled him out. He's now out to 100 to 1 to win. Um, so, yeah, we'll take yeah, He's four and a half minutes back already. We're only, only on stage four. Um, <laughs> so, I'd say that's a big big time to uh, to make up. They, they do say, don't they, you can't win the uh, the Giro in the first week, but you can certainly lose it. Yeah, um, um, and we are we are missing some of the big names. There's the, none of the uh, particularly big Sky Boys there, are there? And the the Frooms and Thomases as well, nor the Movi Star Boys in uh, Quintana or uh, Valverde uh, or mm. uh, the other one, Miguel Landa. Um, but yes, yeah. there's still some good names out there. And yeah, Simon Yates, 35 seconds. Um, there's some hope there. He's not out of it by any stretch. Um, no, and he, he was he was the one that was flying last year. Uh, sort of two two weeks into the Giro, he looked like he was going to um, going to win it. He's made in uh, yeah, made a Grand Tour, but he seemed to burn out quite quickly and and uh, dropped got dropped way back in the end, didn't he? But um, but yeah, he's uh, he's labelled himself the favourite this year in a press conference a couple of days ago. Um, but, uh, but I suppose you got to back yourself, haven't you? Yeah, he was was riding great last year for a long while until it was it was Froome who eventually came past him, wasn't it? And then mm. so did others. Uh, and yeah, hopefully he can, can take the experience from from last year of where it went wrong and be burnt out. Because as you say, um, you, you can't lose it. But you, it only can take a one terrible stage when you haven't got your your you know your water consumption right, or your calorie consumption right. You suddenly um, you're you know burning nothing really, and you just you, you're you can fall completely out of it and completely cost yourself a massive amount of time and um, yeah you've seen plenty of riders do it when they suddenly just look like they've got nothing left and it's um, it's never an easy thing to see and uh, you know with their, oh. the the paces that they go out are frightening uh, even when they're going up a mountain so uh, yeah if you don't get things right and you, you blow that um, you can be wrong and yeah the what sky or is it Unios they're now called? Right, that's that right. Ineos, yeah, yeah. The uh, big fracking company now, aren't they? Yeah, no, they're, 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 Really good programs on the on the cycling highlights. That um, yeah, certainly when it comes to uh, to Tour de France anyway, but also on this one and, and the um, Welt at the uh, in Spain, kind of it's good coverage, isn't it? They do very good um, things. Yeah, cycling is is quite a long one to watch <laughs> a full day, and if you if you work, you're probably struggling because these races can go on for five six hours sometimes, and there are periods where they are sort of cycling flat bits, and it's all just one big group. Um, but yes, yeah, so the highlight show isn't a bad way to just sort of see that they condense the best bits of the race and you see the, the lively bits when, um, yeah, particularly in the mountains when people start attacking each other and different people start trying to break away, it's, they're, they're always great fun to watch. Um, so yeah, if you're not sure, have a watch on uh, Eurosport ITV4, um, either this tour or either the other two Grand Tours, uh, Tour de France and uh, the Vuelta d'Espagne, both of them, all great races and all good fun, uh, as you see, mm. yeah, very impressive. 
And then lastly, Gareth, it's been very quiet for a while, but the heavyweight division is going to start, um, I don't want to say warming up, maybe sort of. I think this is as hot as it's going to get, isn't it? Yeah, Luke, Luke warming up as uh, Deontay Wilder's back in action this weekend. Um, yeah, he's got Dominic Brazil. Uh, not a bad fight, he only, only lost his to Anthony mm. Joshua um, a couple of years back in the O2 Arena. I think it was Joshua's first defence of his world title then. Oh, I was there anyway. Mm. I think it was his first defence. Um, Charles Martin. Wasn't Martin his first defence? No, he won it off Martin, didn't he? Uh, I think right. Brazil was the fight after that. Um, uh, yeah. yeah, so uh, does, uh, does Wilder start his march towards uh, a unification fight this week, do you think? Well, I, think, I wouldn't say it's a march towards the unification <laughs> fight. I'd say it's a steady, a steady crawl and amble, maybe. Um, yeah, if, if you're asking whether I think he wins, yeah, I think he, he wins um, by knockout, probably, um, I don't know, but late, well, maybe not as late as, maybe round round nine, round ten. Um, yeah, I think he's uh, he will win this, this weekend, uh, but I don't, like I said, I don't think it's going to be uh, running and grabbing the mic and saying, Joshua, where are you? I'll fight you next week. Um, I think we've got a long time to wait for that. We keep talking about it every week, don't we? <laughs> Uh, and perhaps, well, I don't know you want to do this now, but as an aside, the uh, Wilder and Fury have been, um, Fury and uh, Dylan White have been called each other out over the weekend. Um, so that would be an interesting fight at the very least. I suppose they've been um, ordered by the WBC, hasn't it? Which is um, is very exciting. Mm, but true. there's, um, yeah, they ordered Wilder Fury too a little while back, and that hasn't happened. And, and you know, nothing's come of it. No, <laughs> no, you know, Wilder hasn't lost his title, or Fury's not losing any position with him. So you know, WBC, um, as with any boxing board, uh, belt holders or organisation, uh, take it with a bit of a pinch of salt. Some of the stuff they say. Um, but yeah, Fury and, and White have been going at it on social media, and that is a fight I'd love to see. I think that'd be a real interesting yeah. fight, and I think a real interesting clash of styles. But again, I saw Fury was saying he'd definitely get it on today, and he's not White out in six and blah blah. But he also said he wanted it to be for the <laughs> Diamond WBA belt. If you follow Diamond the WBA belts, belts they they have a few. Um, you can have a super champion, you can have a diamond champion, you can have a regular champion. Um, there's quite a range um, depending on what who's there and what they're going to do other fights and. How, how involved the WB want to keep them with themselves? Um, so yeah, don't uh, uh, yeah with those sort of comments, and you wonder why that yeah it's, it's nonsense to build when you wonder why that matters. It's, if it, that's a a barrier that, uh, that Fury's putting up, or if it's just uh, something that he wants and thinks they should give to him, um, then yeah. Uh, sorry, W uh, yeah WB WBC sorry, um, but yeah, if it's just a barrier mm. that he's sort of putting up there and out there that. Yeah, just could, could be something else that stops the fight, really. Um, and you know, they've. Yeah, I mean, it could all could match up quite well with that because them two are both fighting in July, aren't they? Or yeah, Fury's early July, and then I think White's a week or two after. So yeah. their their timelines in that in that regard are, are not far off each other. Um, but yeah, it'd be uh, it'd be nice to see Wilder to get on the mic and call out Joshua, and then Joshua's to to do likewise in a couple of weeks' time over in the states. Um, and he's yeah. AJ has said today, hasn't he, that we're watching. Um, but yeah, it'd be not bad if uh, he just sort of turned up there, would it? And uh, they started giving it to each other as uh, Fury Wilder mm. did a few years back. That sort of preceded their fight, didn't it? By, by a little while. Mm. Uh, it's always good fun. I don't mind the the WWE nature of it when they uh, get in the ring and uh, yeah, do the uh, stare down the camera stuff. But yeah, it's all um, yeah, all very. Uh, not yeah, we're at the appetizer stage, and it's been we've had quite a few entrees here, haven't we? We'd like uh, the main course now. 
Yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll see where they go, but uh, yeah, you never know. Uh, Brazil, Brazil's quite big and quite awkward, but I think Wilder will get there in the end and catch him with one of those haymakers. And uh, you're predicting it around. I'll probably go a bit early in young. I wouldn't, wouldn't be surprised if we did the same sort of time as Joshua. So I'll say, I'll say seven. I think it was the same round Joshua knocked him out, and yeah, I uh, don't think it will. Yeah, I think uh, Brazil will be a bit awkward to hit for a while, just because he is also very tall. But yeah, he'll, he'll catch up with him in the end. Yeah, fair enough. Um, that probably rounds it about this. For, rounds it up for this week's two points, Gareth. Like it does, yeah. Then next week we're um, looking at the Cricket World Cup, aren't we? Yeah, we could have a couple um, of special guests in there, including from uh, across the, uh, not even the Atlantic, the uh, Pacific Ocean, the Atlantic Ocean, every other ocean. Could have some friends in from Australia, uh, is the plan. So uh, hopefully we'll bring that too. And yeah, cover the Cricket World Cup with them and potentially another guest as well. So uh, keep your ears up for that. Uh, you can find us uh, on Facebook or Twitter at The Pinter 2. Um, and yeah, please give us any more questions or thoughts you have. Please send them in. Yeah, brilliant. Thanks for listening. Thanks so much.